Welcome to Balance Your Life, a podcast designed to motivate you to begin and maintain your health and wellness journey. My name is Megan Farrell. I'm the creator of the Balance by Megan brand, host of this podcast, yoga enthusiast and teacher, motivational and lifestyle speaker, and blogger. I love inspiring and empowering others to live a more positive, successful, healthier, and happier lifestyle. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let's do this. Happy Monday, everyone. I'm Megan Farrell. I'm the host of this podcast, creator of the Balance by Megan brand, and online and international yoga teacher. Before we dive into this week's podcast episode, a quick few announcements. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mala Prayer. Mala Prayer was established with the goal of creating high-quality, handmade mala bee necklaces, wellness items, and bracelets with an emphasis of empowering women around the world. Each purchase that you make provides women entrepreneurs access to microfinance loans to invest in their business, community, and homes. Use my code BALANCEBYMEGAN20 to receive 20% off of your order. That's BALANCEBYMEGAN20 for 20% off of your order. Go check out the latest Instagram post that I've done. You can see me wearing my mala necklaces. I absolutely love them. Now let's dive into today's episode with Jen Coco. Jen Coco is a California girl living on the beautiful island of Barbados. She's a former school teacher turned yoga teacher, and her teachings focus on strength, flexibility, and stability in the body, as well as clarity, self-love, and a focus with the mind. She's also an advocate of Yoga Nidra, which we will get into in the podcast episode. Without further ado, let's welcome Jen to the Balance Your Life podcast. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So just because I'm sure people heard the word Barbados, are you currently <laughs> calling us from Barbados today? Yes, I am in Barbados. Amazing. <laughs> and just a little pretext for anybody, Jen and I actually met while Brad and I were living there temporarily, and Jen had already kind of made Barbados her home at that point. Yep. So awesome. So I want to get right into this with you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how your yoga journey began? Sure. Um, I, so I'm from California and I wasn't really introduced to yoga until later in life. Um, I was part of a very active family. My parents played volleyball and we always went to the beach surfing. So being active and being health conscious was very much a part of my upbringing. Um, and then when I was in college, I think it was my older sister got into yoga. She's only 18 months older than me. So we're very close. And I remember her just kind of talking about this yoga thing, but I didn't really seek it any further or explore it for myself and then when I was living in Barbados during my summer times and then spending winter times in California, I remember this one summer where I left here and going back 
to kind of like the colder weather and the colder water in California was a bit of a challenge for me. And I thought, maybe I should check into this yoga thing a little bit more and see if that can become an outlet for me to, to do some exercise and just try something different to supplement my surfing. So I found a local yoga studio and immediately found a teacher that I clicked with. And from there, it just became a really consistent part of my everyday life. At that time, I was a school teacher. So definitely doing yoga was a great way to kind of counter some of the stress of the job and, and to just really be able to detach from a job that can be very consuming and have you thinking and on all the time. So that's how I got into it in my own practice. I don't know if yet you want me to go into how I began to teach it or if that's, if that's sufficient for that question. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I okay. have a couple of questions about that first. Okay. I didn't know you were a school teacher previously. That's <laughs> amazing. What, um, what grade did you teach? I taught high school. So I taught ninth through 12th graders and it was a very small school. So the grades were intermixed and um, I taught English and it was a wonderful experience. I'd grown up wanting to be a school teacher. And in fact, when I first moved to Barbados, I pursued different schools to try to get in as a teacher here and it never worked out. Um, So I just kind of joke and say that at 28, I took an early retirement from teaching. (laughs) But I did, I did love it. It was a wonderful, wonderful part of my life and definitely fulfilled something in me that I had always sought after. That's so cool. How long did you do that for? Only four years. <laughs> that's okay, though. Yeah, no, honestly, that's um, that's awesome. I was an early childhood educator for, ah. yeah, the young yeah. one. Yeah, so, it was. I I want to say I had to do it throughout my my like school year. So I did that for two years, and then I was on my own for two years, and like four years was a solid amount of time to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I was like, okay. uh, yeah, it's a lot. I loved it, but it is a lot. And especially as an English teacher, it was just constant planning and grading. I mean, I remember on the weekends, I'd be out in the water on my surfboard and thinking about what my lesson plan was going to be for the next week and the next day. And it was like, I couldn't really just ever fully put it aside. It was just really constant. So yeah, I, I can completely relate to that. Um, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I can't believe you got to do it on a surfboard. I was buried up at home and <laughs> no, we Canada. Just, about the ocean. But, um, yeah, so just like being in the yoga world, I often see here seem to know a lot of people like California is booming with yoga teachers, yoga studios. Uh, what was that yeah. first studio like that you went to? And what was the first class that you took, if you remember? Um, the studio is called Santa Cruz Yoga. So I was living in Santa Cruz, California at the time. It was a small studio that I discovered because it, it was next to my favorite bakery <laughs> that I would frequent. That's amazing. And uh, 
it was a beautiful studio. It wasn't huge, but it was very open, like super high ceilings and just very simply decorated. Um, I honestly don't remember the first class that I took there because I did try a few different teachers and a few, you know, kind of when you're starting out, you're trying different things and also just it's like, well, whatever fits into my schedule at the time. So I can't quite pinpoint my first class, but I just remember connecting with Erica when I took her class and just saying like, all right, I need to come back to, to this lady's class because it was amazing. Beautiful. Perfect. And I guess that's a good segue to go into the next topic I would like to cover. So you went to this lady's class, you decide, yeah, this feels, I feel good. I like this class. I like the teacher. Is that mm-hmm. what propelled you to keep going to more yoga and think about teaching it at some point? It definitely compelled me to keep going back. Um, but teaching yoga at that time really didn't even cross my mind because I was teaching school and I felt very settled in Santa Cruz. Um, my, my school teaching job took a lot of my time and I had other hobbies and friends and I had a boyfriend there at the time. So it wasn't ever anything more for me than just my own practice and kind of like my own outlet. Um, it wasn't until I kind of shifted my path and moved to Barbados. And when I got here, I was looking for yoga classes to take not knowing that unlike California where there's yoga everywhere and it's very abundant, there was like pretty much nothing here. So it wasn't until I moved here that I, it dawned on me, like maybe I could teach yoga. I felt strong enough in my practice at that time. And I think having been an educator, um, being comfortable, you know, even to just speak in front of a group and lead people and teach people, I thought, maybe I'll try it out and see if it's, if there's enough of a draw here, if it's something that that I can be successful at. Because when I moved here, I literally was just like searching for a job. I was teaching surf lessons, working at restaurants, just kind of trying to figure out how to make it here. And when I thought about teaching yoga, it felt like, wow, this could really actually be like a career path for me. Awesome. And what initially drew you to to Barbados to even live there? I actually came here as an exchange student when I was in college up at UC Santa Cruz. I spent my whole third year here and just fell in love with it. Like the simplicity and the beauty of it, just everything. I felt like I belonged here. So um, once I left the school year, I continued to come back here on vacation and continue to build friends and community and meet more people. And then it got to the point where I just felt like I didn't want to leave. It felt really heart wrenching to go back to California. So I just thought maybe now while I'm young and I don't have any strings attached to anything really in particular that I should give it a try living somewhere else. I think that's such an incredible and inspiring story. And I, yeah, I feel like there's so many people who, who think of that, who dream of that and never 
take that leap. And absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. it can be scary, right? There's so much unknown. Yeah. And do you think, like, is that kind of your nature to do things like that? Or would you say yoga played a part <laughs> in that without really knowing about it? You know, that could be. Um, it was really actually not in my nature at all. I was always pretty shy as a kid, very much like a homebody. And in fact, when I was looking at colleges to go to, I was looking closer to the LA area where I grew up, like UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, UC San Diego, even going up north six hours to Santa Cruz felt really, really far away from my family and my home. Um, So I kind of think that moving to Santa Cruz initiated this maybe desire to branch out and to learn more about the world because Santa Cruz is very liberal and very open compared to where I grew up. Um, So I think that gave me a lot of confidence. And uh, yeah, I mean, I sometimes still can't believe that I up and left and moved to Barbados, but it was looking back, it was a long process. A lot of people say the same thing. They're like, wow, that's so brave. I've always wanted to do that. And how did you do that? And really, I think it was just spending like small increments of time here and really getting to know the culture and getting to feel comfortable here. Um, And to know enough people where I felt like I would be supported. That really helped. It wasn't just kind of like I randomly chose a country and just up and left and moved there. Um, But certainly if you had asked me in my younger years if I would be living in a foreign country I probably would say heck no (laughs) it wasn't like me at all yeah no it's the same uh it's the same thing with me and I I talked about it before on a few podcast episodes where you and I met in Barbados at the time Brad and I had moved there we were kind of island hopping we were supposed to be in Barbados for an extended period of time it didn't end up working out but uh, we we went other places afterwards and when people hear that like I moved abroad they're like I beg your pardon (laughs) Megan Farrell did no 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 because I was borderline like borophobic at one point where I would Uh, not leave my house and hmm. people like she not only left like her vicinity of, you know, her region, but she moved by plane somewhere. Yeah. Right? Like, what? Yeah. But totally. I think it's a smart way to like, and well, I think it works for different people. Some people work really well just upping and like putting a pin in a map and like, okay, we're going to try it here. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband thrives more in an environment like that where he can just if there's an ocean and a beach around, he'll make his <laughs> literally everywhere. Yeah. And it sounds like you and me are a little bit closer where I'm like, I have to dip my toes in a little bit. Yeah. Check like, some things out. Um, For sure. I'm not like spontaneous or impulsive by any means. I'm very much like a planner and an organizer. And I like to know that I'm going to be comfortable and safe. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Amazing. Well, and this goes really nicely together. So you decide that you'd like to stay in Barbados a little bit more. Your yoga practice has 
you know, you're doing your yoga practice. It's more personal at this point. What made you decide to do the teacher training route and then go back to Barbados and teach? Um, well, I started teaching here untrained just to see if it was something that I even enjoyed doing. Because sometimes we have a passion for something, but then when it comes to making it our job, it's not necessarily what we want. We don't want to mix the two. So I, I taught for about probably a couple months, and then I just realized I love this. I want to keep going with this. I definitely want to get properly trained and get the foundation of knowledge. So I I'd started teaching in February, 2014. And then that October, I started my 200 hour teacher training with um, yoga medicine and Tiffany Crookshank, who owns that. Um, so I did that training. It was over a period of four months, I guess. Yeah, four months. And then um, it definitely taught me a lot. I mean, I could have kept teaching untrained, but I really just learned so much about more about like anatomy and the body and the benefits of yoga. I feel like the teaching part of it came really naturally to me. But um, doing that training just really, really took it to a different level. And then I decided to teach back in Barbados because I just, I wanted to be living here, really. And uh, there was such a need for yoga at the time that I felt like I could really fulfill that and really kind of start to grow the interest here and it just, the timing just felt really right. So that was over four years ago now that I finished my training and, and really started to push the business here. And I've since started my 500 hour with the same, uh, the same woman at yoga medicine. So it just feels good to keep learning and watch new clients come in and then see the same people here year in year out especially during the winter time I get like an influx of the same people coming back for yoga and it's yeah, I just feel like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just feels like where I want to be I I did move back to LA in 2016 for a year and I taught yoga at a local studio in my hometown and that was a great experience too I learned a lot from doing that. Um, but there's just something really magical about being here and teaching here and had just, I guess not with like the hustle and bustle of the feeling of being in LA, like yoga just takes on almost like a whole new level of relaxation and bliss. <laughs> it's like no one really needs to come to yoga here to de-stress necessarily, but uh it's such a nice perk. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just beautiful. And I really shouldn't say that. I mean, everyone has stress. Everyone has things that are going on in their life, but it just um it felt different than teaching in LA where it almost felt like 
something for people to check off on their to-do list, you know, like people rushing in late and then leaving early and like onto the next. And, um, there's just a really nice relaxed feeling around it here. You know, for sure. And even when I, when I went to one of your classes there, like, like you said, it's just the whole atmosphere. Like it's nice outside, you have beautiful scenery and I, even I've noticed a difference. Like I'm not quite in the core of Toronto. I'm just outside of it, but Mm -hmm. um, I've had the opportunity to teach on a few islands like Aruba and Hawaii. And there is, there is a difference and perhaps it's, you know, people are a little more relaxed. They're used to a more slower lifestyle, but where I am now, like people will literally get up from Shavasana and be like, okay, bye. And it's like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> this is practice. like, you have to say, yeah. gotten to the point where like, I, I know like, and I teach at a different studio. So it's a franchise studio and it's a lovely studio, but I know the teachers will kind of leave and give the students the choice of Shavasana. Yeah. I sit in that room and I'm like, I'm making you do it. Yeah. It's, it's so needed. And in, yeah. you know, when I taught abroad, people are like, oh, can we just like hang out a little bit longer? Yes. Here? <laughs> yeah. There's just a different like feeling towards that. For sure. It's so true. I, I know. I, yeah. I feel like Shavasana is, especially in those types of, cultures and environments where people are so busy shavasana is like the most important pose of the practice mm-hmm. <laughs> i know and i hate that too i'm like you know if you're used to being like so on the go and so busy this is what your body craves and they're like yeah. i see you next time yeah yeah and it's amazing too like it's like they want to work out and yes. don't get me wrong i i come to power yoga for a workout too sometimes but it's always the same people you see in the same class and you're like, maybe let's try like a restorative or like a yin class. Yeah. And they're like, nope, like if I'm not sweating, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. It's not doing anything. I think is what a lot of people feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and you're like, yeah. okay, like it's so much more than just the poses we see on the mat. And yeah, you know, I, my whole background is I don't really care how you come to yoga. Even like if you come from a Bikram background or a hot yoga background, fine. But let's let's be open to other styles and other ways. Yeah, try it all, right? Yeah, and I think that's part of too why I like teaching here is there isn't that same feeling of pressure of like, okay, these people are here to get a workout, so I need to make sure that I just plan like a really hard class. Yeah. Just so that people are sweating through their eyeballs. It's like, I, I feel like people here come to yoga just to enjoy like the movement and the scenery and being outside and just, it just feels good. And I think that there's not that pressure here to like give people a level two, three class or else they feel like they didn't accomplish anything. (laughs) I know. And I feel like just like let's all just take a moment right now and just picture being guided in a yoga class by Jen on the beaches. <laughs> like it's literally all I can think of right now. When are you guys coming back? I know. I know. We're going to Costa Rica in November, but um I mean we like we know people in Barbados. We have family friends from there and it's always 
it's always in the back of our mind to go back to these um, islands. And then there's also so many other places I want to go to. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. I, like, I just want to travel forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Can somebody pay me to do that? <laughs> I know, right? Like, I just, I'm like lottery winning, like manifesting this. Come on. Yes. $52 million. I can make that go a long way. Yes. <laughs> Her, and so what other sort of practices do you have in your repertoire besides yoga that you like to live by? Uh, what do you mean? Like yoga practices or just, um, do you have any like, other like wellness practices or is there anything like, um, meditation that you do or, you know, Reiki crystal work? Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I have the best of intentions always to deepen my meditation practice. And for some reason, it's something that's really challenging for me. Um, not because I don't enjoy it when I do it. I just, I don't know if it's like the sitting still of it. I think I do a lot of restorative yoga on my own. I feel like that is my go-to for relaxing and for just stretching because I, I surf and I run. So I, I really need like more of the stretching component. I would, I think that's kind of more my meditative time is when I'm doing restorative. That I would say is a thousand percent part of my daily routine. Um, I only teach one restorative yoga class per week, but uh, for me, personally it's every day um I also I try to surf a few times a week um when the waves are better I can get out there every day but that is also really a time for me to just be quiet and to be in nature and to think and to pray and to set intentions um that's almost also like a a meditative time for me. I remember uh, when I was, I think I was living in Santa Cruz and I was with my grandma one time and she asked me like, oh, sweetheart, do you still go to church? And because I grew up going to church every Sunday. And I said, well, I consider my surf time to be my church. Like that is where I feel connected to whatever higher being there is and to just nature and to myself. And that's where I really just think about people and pray for people. So that, that in conjunction with yoga, I would say are like just the two best things in my life. And they really go hand in hand as well, just as far as like strength and flexibility and balance. Um, and then of course on the, on the deeper, more spiritual side as well. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I wish we had an ocean close by. Mind you, I have a girlfriend who surfs on our lake. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I know. And I was like, what do you mean you surf on the lake? And she's like, yeah, like the when the waves are like decent, we can surf Lake Ontario. And I was like, what? Yeah, so, I think there it's like wind generated swell. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Apparently, they, and like, it's ideal if like a storm is starting to come. Yeah. Out of the I'm like, eh, I feel like that's not the smartest time, but 
I I haven't been surfing. I know Brad loves to surf. Um, I know he would not consider himself like a quote unquote surfer, but like loves the practice of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize too. Not that I've spent time in California, but I've talked to people there, and they're like, no, like our waters are cold. So yeah. <laughs> I imagine it'd be a little nicer in Barbados with that warm water. <laughs> Yep, my wetsuit is hanging in my mom's garage, and I maybe use it once a year, if that. (laughs) Wow. No, that's so, like, I think there's just something about being in nature, and if you have the luxury of living by, you know, water to be around that, it's just, it's so grounding, and it's such a nice time. Yeah, if you're not a huge, like, sit on the cushion and meditate to be outside, I think that is. Yeah just as beneficial yeah and I I think too um with surfing and yoga both it's it's such a matter of being patient with yourself and slow progress because when you first start surfing or when you first start yoga it's like whoa what is this this is hard I don't know what I'm doing and there's also just like this never-ending end point there's no like one goal necessarily it's just to just to keep at it and you just discover new things that your body can do or just new things about yourself and I think that's why they also go so well together yeah you should start like some sort of surf and yoga tation yoga tation <laughs> yoga <laughs> and surf retreat um in Barbados that would be awesome yeah I have, I've kind of collaborated with some of the surf instructors here about trying to get like surf and yoga packages sorted out for people who want that for their vacation. Yeah. I guess, um, yeah, I used to teach surf lessons and I'm definitely not interested in doing that anymore. (laughs) So I would teach the yoga part and then leave it to the the experts to teach the surf lessons yeah no that's okay that's cool though yeah I um I tried stand-up paddleboard yoga for the first time oh yeah oh my god like incredible experience but man it's almost deceiving to see it like on the water you're like wow that's so beautiful and they're so beautiful (laughs) and then you get on the board and you're like holy crap this is like no joke it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's good, but you're like, there's a lot going on here. There's like balance. There's yeah. the caves, the, you know, but it was, it was an incredible experience. Yep. I know from our conversations that you are a fan of yoga nidra and yes. for anyone who's like, I don't know what that is, or I've heard of that before. What is your take on yoga nidra and how has it helped you in your life? Um, so this actually goes well with the last question you asked about kind of like my wellness routines. I'm a huge advocate for sleep and deep relaxation, um, which I just think in like the modern world in a lot of cultures, people just don't do. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just not even part of it and I maybe that's why I resonate so well 
bring in Barbados because I do just like to relax and <laughs> I like to be low key. Um, so I first discovered Yoga Nidra when I was, I took a live class in um, Santa Monica. There's a website called Yoga Glow and they are in Santa Monica. It's glow with um, no W. So it's Y-O-G-A-G-L-O. And they bring in these amazing world-renowned yoga teachers and they film them teaching classes and then they put them on their website. And if you happen to be in the Santa Monica area when they're filming, you can go and take the class for free. I mean, you used to be able to. I don't know if that's the case anymore. But long story short, I happened to be there taking a class by this woman, Joe Tastula, who I adore. And she said, okay, for the class today, we're going to do a 45-minute flow and then a 45-minute yoga nidra. And I had never done yoga nidra before. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. So basically what I learned that day is that it's a very extended Shavasana guided meditation, um, sort of just like, it's, I've heard it called yogic sleep. So you're putting your physical body to sleep, but your mind is staying active, ideally. I mean, I, I did fall asleep a couple times in that 45 minutes because I was so relaxed. Um, so I very frequently take the yoga nidra classes online that they have on yoga glow. Um, I go through spurts sometimes where every evening when I'm going to bed, I'll put on a yoga nidra before I go to sleep. <clears throat> so it's basically just a guided meditation. Oftentimes in the ones I've taken, the teacher will guide you through just bringing your awareness to different points on your body. I mean, even as detailed as down to like each of your fingertips on each hand. And it's really just, um, it's just meant to be super relaxing. And so I actually started earlier this year, I started to extend one of my weekday morning classes to include a 20 to 30 minute yoga nidra, where I took the leap to try to lead it myself. And I loved it. My students loved it. So I actually need to think about reincorporating that now that I'm back from my summer break. But I just, I highly recommend it for anybody. It can be a time to just heal or to just relax, detach, whatever. It can be many different things for people. But it's definitely been a huge part of my just learning how to just really let my body relax. Yeah. yeah that's I, me. I, I love yoga nidra and it was that in meditation. I was so, I don't, I don't like using the word against, but I was, I was so against doing them in our yoga teacher training. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's not for me. I don't want to sit there. I don't want to like, don't want to meditate. This yoga nidra, like, are you for real? This is actually going to, like, really relax me. And yeah. I sleep so many times. You know, when you wake up and you're like, I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> but you're like, I totally lost, like, 20 minutes there. Like, I was definitely passionate. Yeah. Um, and it's become so, like, I'm such a huge advocate of sleep. And I don't know yes. if you feel the same way, but when people are like, oh, I only need four hours of sleep. And yeah, like, no, no, 
no, like you just condition your body to be that way, but it's not normal. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. you need eight to nine hours. And yeah. I've been very, like my husband educates people on the uses of CBD and I've been very mm. pro, like proactive in including that in my sleep schedule. Like I take a little bit just before sleep and it mm-hmm. makes a world of difference. Like if you have a good night's sleep, I mean, everybody can relate. Like, how much better do you feel the next day when you've slept solidly for, you know, eight hours? Yeah, definitely. I I try to sleep eight hours a night, and then I usually take a little nap during the day. Yeah. And then I do restorative yoga. I mean. Oh, then Everybody's in Barbados now to hang out with you. Yeah. I like to rest. Because when I'm working hard, I'm working hard. I'm using my body, yeah, using my mind. So then, when I get that time to to relax and let it go, it's just. And I've always been a sleeper. My mom told me that when I was a kid, I used to ask her if I could take a nap, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you're a dream child, <laughs> best kid ever, right here." <laughs> yeah, it's um. I grew up with the nickname like Sleeping Beauty because I. Would sleep all the time and then I'd like I could easily sleep for like two or three hours as a nap like that was no yeah problem. I don't yeah. do that anymore because it was a little excessive um, <laughs> but I am yeah I'm a huge component of sleep and I teach hot yoga occasionally now and because there's so like it's I'm not I'm not even the biggest fan of hot yoga but when I do teach it like I teach it like we are slowing down the entire practice Uh, I don't kick it up too high because I like I don't think it's normal to teach in like 120 degrees that's just my humble opinion but people want it and I'm like you know what I'm gonna teach it I'm gonna teach it my way so we're turning down the temperature we're moving slowly there's a lot more breathing and meditation in it Mm. But like, that's my day, even if it's an hour class, like after that, I'm resting the rest of the day because it's a lot of energy. Yeah, definitely. You spend a lot of energy when you teach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. So is there any advice that you could give somebody if they were new to the practice of yoga or perhaps they're not sure if it's for them what advice would you give someone I love this question um because I get a lot of new people to my classes um and I've also had quite a few people come to me who had only done yoga once or twice before and had a really bad experience so I always recommend to people to try several different types of classes, several different teachers, um, not to take their first few experiences as this is what yoga is. Because really and truly, there are so many styles. There are so many teachers. And I mean, to this day, I take classes where I leave and I'm like, that was not my favorite class. But what did I get out of it? Um, I believe that you can always get something from your practice if you're open to it. So if you're just starting out and you take a few classes and you're like, this is weird or, you know, it's 
um, just keep trying. Try different studios. Try different teachers. I know in LA, there's this thing where a lot of studios will offer like a new student special where you get a really cheap rate for a month of classes or like a week of classes. And to just kind of explore those so you don't feel like maybe you're spending a lot of money on something you're not sure about. Um, within a week's time, you could take two or three different teachers and and even then, if somebody doesn't resonate with you, then just keep trying. I also like to encourage people who are starting out to set realistic goals, um, especially in yoga. If you go to a class where you're next to somebody who's been practicing for 10 years, it can be easy to, easy to feel like, oh my gosh, why can't I do that? My body doesn't look like that. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be able to do that. And yoga is such an incredible practice in that with consistency, your body will change and you'll start to be able to do things that without maybe even realizing it. Like I remember one day I was in a class and I was like stretching my leg out in front of me and holding onto my big toe. And the teacher said, okay, now take your leg over to the side. And for the first time, I was just like effortlessly, my leg floated open to the side and I, my eyes were probably like deer in the headlights because I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And it's just those moments where you realize that you're making progress and it might be slow for some people. Every, every single body is different. And if you just are patient with yourself and really try to not compare yourself to anyone around you. I think that's really key. So on that note, if you can find a class that is a level one specifically geared towards beginners, that's even better because you're likely to get kind of a slower introduction, maybe at a little um, more gentle pace. I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said there. Um, that is my exact answer to people too, is just first, just start like you, you yeah. won't know unless you try. And when I'm teaching a class, I'm very conscious of telling people like, this is your practice. Like, don't mm -hmm. worry about who else is in the room because yeah. yeah, I mean, even myself, like all, I try very hard to be like just on my mat and just in my bubble. But sometimes mm -hmm. you look over and you're like, man, that person is nailing that pose so well. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that too. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's total ego. Like it's, yeah. you know, you will eventually get to that point or maybe not. And that is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's maybe there's a pose that you can do effortlessly, but then there's another pose where it's a struggle. And for me, yeah was always so easy for my body to do mm. people mm -hmm. struggle with that pose. yeah yeah forward fold like like it's not happening in my body I can barely mm. make my like in a seated forward fold I can't like bend down and touch my toes mm -hmm. and then other people like their forehead is like yeah <laughs> right but it's just yeah it's recognizing that maybe that's not working in your body today and I also say too like there's so many different things going on. Like your body mm -hmm. might be able to do something today, but the next time you practice, it can't do that thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's going on? What, like, how are you feeling today? Are yeah. you on your period? Like there's so many different factors. Yeah. 
definitely. And I think that's why it's important to just approach the practice as learning about yourself. Like Mm -hmm. so much of yoga is just about self-awareness and detaching from that expectation of what I can or can't do. I mean, I've been doing yoga for like eight years now and teaching for four and a half years, um, five and a half years. And I still, when I go to classes in LA and I'm surrounded by people who are like doing these crazy hard poses or arm balances, I have to check myself and say like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I don't even necessarily need to want to make that a part of my practice or to even want to be able to do that someday. It's just like, it's so individual within that group space that, like you said, it's the ego and just letting go and saying like, okay, what am I here for? And what are my personal goals? And what am I dealing with right now in this moment that might be changing how I'm going to practice today? And that is so real. And that's why I love the practice too, is that every single day it can be different. Um, I was going to say one more thing about, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> That's okay. If it comes up, you can be like, oh yeah. So okay. <laughs> you, you touched a little bit on the fact that you like to surf, um, every day if you can, you like to take naps, you like a good night's sleep. <laughs> Do you have any other non-negotiable morning or evening routines? Um, a double espresso with coconut milk. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like coffee, like coffee every single morning. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I try to drink lemon water in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's definitely like a, a routine. Um, and I just, I try to cook like a light, healthy dinner. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly enjoy cooking, but, um, the way that my schedule is like, I'm usually teaching and really active in the morning. So I don't actually eat something until like mid morning to midday. Um, so then I try to make sure that I have like a really healthy, nutritious dinner that kind of sets me up for the next day. Yeah. I love it. I'm not much of a cook either. My go-to is like a stir fry. Cause I'm like, it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I make Brad cook for the most part. Good for you. Uh, it, well, I'm like, like, <laughs> I need to learn how to cook some more things. Even like, I'll be like, hey, babe, do you want me to make you like a stir fry for lunch? And he's like, Megan, I've had it five days in a row. <laughs> like, no, thank you. <laughs> but it's healthy. Yeah. I know how to make so. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's so funny. So, I have something new that I've been trying. Um, okay. It's kind of a speed round. So not speed in like one word. You can, you know, it can be a whole sentence. It could be, it could be just one word, but kind of as quick as you can, whatever comes to mind first um, okay. as an answer. You excited? Are you ready? I'm excited. I love it. <laughs> So what is a podcast, book, or resource that you would recommend to our audience? Um, well, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is 
the woman that I do my yoga training with, her name is Tiffany Cruikshank. She has a book called Optimal Health for a Vibrant Life. And I read that book in 2012 and it changed my life. Ooh. Like I was, I considered myself to already be pretty healthy, but Tiffany is so knowledgeable about nutrition and, um, Anyway, this book just walks you through 30 days divided up into four different week segments where you just have different goals for each week. And I just, I mean, I use that like as my Bible. I still have my copy that I've highlighted and written in till there's like no space left in the margins. And I I use it all the time still as a resource. Um, That at that point, when I finished reading that book, I would say I was I was at my optimal health. I was probably like the healthiest and fittest that I had been. And it didn't even feel like I was making huge drastic changes necessarily. It was just so um, seamless the way that she kind of works these things into your daily life. I need this. I love it. Yeah, I would recommend it. This is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm always looking for, uh, like I was saying to you before we started this podcast, I don't know what music is anymore. All I do is listen to podcasts and read books. So I need to add this to my collection. This sounds awesome. Yeah. Who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Definitely my sister, my older sister. I have two sisters. Sorry, Lisa. (laughs) But my older sister, um, she's just, I mean, she's the one that got me interested in yoga and she is just so creative and entrepreneurial and like, she's just always exploring and adventuring. And I think that the part of me that is like likes to hole up in my comfort zone and um, not necessarily be adventurous. I just feel really inspired by her. Even just when I read like her, a quote that she'll put on Instagram, it's like, she's just always, always inspiring me for sure. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Hi, Jen's sister. Uh, <laughs> what are you grateful for today? Oh, I am grateful for this beautiful island that I get to live on. I'm I just look outside and it's like just the most vibrant colors and After I, this song. I just, it's, it's, it's like hard to believe that such simple things can be so fulfilling as like a color that you see in the water. It's just like, I feel like almost like every day is like my first day here again. I just am so struck by it. And the fact that I get to live here and teach yoga is just, I'm so beyond grateful. Totally embodying the hashtag goals AF. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to be coming. There's going to be like an influx of people to Barbados <laughs> after this podcast. And they're going to be like, we need Jen. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what is your spirit animal? Oh, that's such a good question. I just said it yesterday to somebody. I think I'm an otter. Oh, do tell. Um, 
I kind of used to think it was a dolphin because I just love to be in the water and play in the water. But uh, if you've ever been to Santa Cruz or somewhere where there's otters, they just like float on their backs and they're so cute. They just float and bob around and just like seem so happy go lucky out there in the water. And that, if I'm not on my surfboard, I'm just out in the sea and I'm just floating. Like my feet are up out of the water. I'm laying on my back. And it just recently occurred to me, I was like, I am like an otter just floating and bobbing out here. And I, I said to somebody last night, I said, I think in my next life, I'm going to come back as an otter. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. And you know, what's so funny is that uh, my, like my spirit animal is a dolphin. And so when you said that, oh, I, but otters, like, they're so bloody cute. Um, oh my God. Like I can watch them all day same with dolphins I'm I'm obsessed with yeah like (laughs) I just want to be in the water all the time um with the dolphins and the otters and all the cool like I just love the ocean maybe yeah and then yeah because then you can interact with them kind of like as a human being still but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like this this podcast went on a whole new tangent (laughs) Now we're talking about mermaids. <laughs> no, I I can see you being an otter though. So let's we'll, we'll come back next in our next lives as like a dolphin and an otter, and then we'll meet. Yes, in Barbados. I love it. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> I ha- I think I have a a feeling as to what your answer is going to be for the last question, but. What is your favorite style of yoga to practice? Um, well, I honestly, I love vinyasa flow and that is mostly what I teach. And that is the style of yoga that got me hooked on yoga. I really, I don't think that I prefer vinyasa or restorative one over the other because they're so different and I use them equally in my life for different things. So I have to answer both vinyasa flow and restorative equal favorites. Yeah. I, I, that's the style that I primarily teach and that I like came to yoga from too. And it's, I always notice like my practice always includes some sort of flow and it's like, I'm trying to like, you know, do a little bit more of like yin or restorative. I actually don't do as much restorative as I should. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that a little bit more, especially after we've spoken, I'm going to have to practice. Do you have a bolster? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I finally made room in my suitcase to bring a bolster back with me from the States. And I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? I use it every single day. Do you always find, like, I find now that we travel because I take all my yoga <laughs> stuff, like, <laughs> border security just, like, oh, my God. And they must see what's in my bag and go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a my bolster with, like, five yoga mats taped around it in this bundle, and I covered it in trash bags. And I'm coming through immigration or customs here in Barbados, and the lady just looks at the bag, and she's like, what is that? <laughs> I said, it's yoga mats. Yeah. Oh my, I know when we came back and because I always bring, like, I bring my myofascial release balls. I bring my, essential oils. 
we always have issues whenever we go to immigration. Like, I don't know if they just see us and they're like, oh, right there. But that never helps, right? Like, they always make me take it out. I have to unroll it. They have to scan it. Like, guys, it's just a yoga mat. Like, I probably yeah. <laughs> it's so suspicious. I know. Like, I mean, you can see, like, I have all my mala beads on, like, but I always try to feel like, ah, this girl, she's crazy. Um, it's always a learning curve going through immigration with all of your stuff. Yeah. Especially yoga. Um, you can do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> I know. Stories from traveling with yoga gear. Um, <laughs> yeah. That would be fun, eh? We should get everybody that to would, I'm, their I'm down. <laughs> I have good stories. Yeah, this is awesome. We'll actually we'll have to like do a follow-up to this one. So Jen, if people wanted to connect with you if they're in Barbados and they want to take a class with you, how can they find you and uh, connect with you? Um, Instagram is probably the most common way that people connect with me now. It's Coco Yoga Barbados. I also have a website, which is yogasamudra.com. And that just shows like a little bit more about me and my current schedule and um, just a little bit about Barbados as well. I am on Facebook. It's my Facebook is Yoga Samudra. I find that that tends to be like the least <laughs> used medium now, which is so interesting. Um, but I'm definitely there. I update it with my schedule and I always check it. So Instagram, website, or Facebook. And Barbados is a small island, so it's not easy to, it's not difficult to find me. It's very easy. If you just Google yoga in Barbados, I think I come up pretty quickly yeah. on there as well. Yeah, perfect. And if anybody is driving or they're working out or they don't have access to a pen or anything, I will link all of the ways to connect with you in the show notes. Cool. Jen, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much yes. for doing the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you to my guest, Jen, for being on the show. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to rate and review the show as well as share the podcast with others. Your support truly does make a difference in growing the show and this community. Make sure you stop by and say hi on social media. Take a screenshot of yourself listening to this podcast episode. Share it out on your Instagram stories. Tag our guest. Tag me at Balance by Megan. And tag the show at BYL podcast so that we can be sure to share it out on our end as well. With that, thank you for tuning in to another episode and I will see you guys next week. Namaste.